Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16 of the Academica Vertex. I'm your host Ollie, and you can find us on Twitter at the underscore FF Academy. Many managers were very relieved last night as Leeds beat Southampton 3-0 and Rafinha, Bamford and Dallas returned. Liverpool were beaten by rivals Everton as their woeful form continues and West Ham stunned Spurs as Antonio bagged 7 points for the Irons. Today we'll be discussing everything about the big double game week which is upcoming next week including big captaincy decisions and chip decisions also i'm delighted to tell you that we're joined by guest fpl raptor also known as ross dowsett so how have you been after that week mate hey lads thanks for having me on again um love the pod so always a pleasure coming on um unfortunately you've invited me on on the probably my worst game week of the season so i mean from a psychological point of view i suppose we can, we can have a bit of a chat about that but um yeah, on the back of probably my worst game week for for a very long time, I only scored sixty points. Uh, saw a massive red arrow as a result of that. So looking ahead eagerly to to redemption in game week twenty six. Well, um, always always a tough one to take. I mean, my rank's been taking a hit recently. I've gone from about one hundred k down to four hundred. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm joining you in the in the club there as well. And we're also joined by Aditya and Chris as always. So Aditya, how have you been, mate? Hi, Oli. Uh, it's good to be back after a few weeks break also from us. Uh, I scored about like 79 points. Not too bad. Um, I still have my wildcard bench boost and the other chips left. So with, these dub- with this double game week 26 and we're going to have a few other doubles and blanks approaching now. So it's going to be a different part of the season as we are approaching right now. And uh, the, the sort of planning has to go through well at this point. I think Chris is playing his wildcard this week. So it's going to be interesting to see how managers are basically going to approach things for the next five or six game weeks. Yeah, I think these next upcoming game weeks are certainly going to be big ones in terms of uh, deciding ranks and where you push up and down. But um, Chris, how's your game week 25 been? Um, Actually, uh, if you told me that I'd be hitting 100 points uh, in this kind of game week without a chip, uh, I'd call you crazy. I finished up on 107 points. Um, I don't know how everyone that returned, apart from one player, Mo Salah, which is, again, really weird. Uh, but this year is, I think it's a, uh, it's a really you know complicated season, and many results are you know going wrong way. But uh, I'm really happy with my team, and I'm happy that I held off the wild card for one week. I think uh, it would have been such a pity to wild card this team. So yeah, I'm looking forward to you know using all my chips. Um, I have, I'm left with all my chips apart from the triple captain. So I want to you know push for the rank. And who is your captaincy choice? On I'd like to congratulate you on a marvelous 107. I've never hit 100 without um, a chip, or I, I don't know. It's I'm my first time actually. I'm really really glad. Yeah, to yeah, it. it's a good one. And who do you have as captain? Um, Bamford, you know what's funny? I haven't hit a double-digit hole for my captain since like game week 14, which is which is still continuing to you know yeah. happen. But uh, I can't be mad at this game week. It's 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 gone really well for me. Well, I mean, to hit over 100 with the eight-point captain is very impressive. So you must have had a a strong side. But um, first of all, I'd like to uh, talk about Leeds. Obviously, um, they had the double. Uh, last game week or this game week um, so uh, and we had a lot of Leeds assets and many were tripling up on Dallas, Rafinha and Bamford um, as Chris was just saying there but um, Ross first of all I'd like to ask you um, if we do have three Leeds assets for this upcoming game week where they only have a single fixture against Aston Villa um, do we take any of uh, any players out who would you suggest and um, who do we play from Leeds if any at all? Good question. I think it's a matter of not doing anything too drastic with game week 29 looming, looming in our thoughts. I think it's perfectly acceptable to play one, maybe two of them. I think in a game week where many will be using chips and bench boost, I'd be wary of having all three. So my current plan, I've got Struick, Rafinha and Bamford. So I don't have that, unfortunately. On my wild card, I went a little bit cheaper. But um, I'll actually be selling Bamford for Calvert-Lewin because I'm going to do a kind of hokey-cokey with 
Everton's upcoming fixtures and doubles in the next couple of game weeks. And without Leeds having any doubles, uh, I'm going to essentially go to Calvert-Lewin and then come back to Bamford for game week 29. I think you can do a very similar thing with Rafinha. So I think you could transfer Rafinha out for Harvey Barnes and then go back to Rafinha for game week 29. So essentially, I wouldn't be afraid to take out Leeds' assets, but I wouldn't necessarily be removing them all because you need to bear in mind that 29 is in the back of our mind. But I think playing one, two, maybe even three would, would be acceptable considering last time they, they had a decent run out against Aston Villa. Mm, for sure, they Leeds was certainly uh, a force to be reckoned with uh, against Southampton there and um, really made a lot of people's or managers' day, should I say, when they won 3 0. But um, uh, talking about the, the upcoming blank game week in, in 29, uh, Ross, Aditya, um, another team that doesn't blank is Spurs. And if we look at Son's form recently, um, you know, for a player at 9.5 million, it has been a bit questionable. Only two returns in the last seven, one of them being an assist. Um, we know Son perhaps doesn't like the, the smaller teams. So what would you advise with human Son going forward? And um, after that, we could also touch on Kane and whether we should be bringing him in. I mean, at this point, uh, just two points is not really something that everybody wants. Like a player to return, basically. But uh, I mean, the double game week, basically, what Spurs have for this uh, game week in game week 26. I think they play, uh, let me just check quickly before I don't make the mistake. They play Burnley and Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. So again, on paper, it does look like a great fixture. But the way that Spurs are playing at the moment, it's very unpredictable. And I think today, the Europa League game is on at the moment. And I think Son, Kane, Bale, all are benched. So Belgium. there's a high chance. Yeah, yeah. So and I think once Bale he came on in the second half against West Ham, I think he did look good. And I think twice they hit the post, so it was very funny that how they couldn't manage to convert their chances there. And uh, at the moment, the way Spurs are playing, there are rumors obviously rumbling here and there that if Mourinho doesn't turn around things, he could be gone by the end of this season. And also, so we don't know how things are going to go with Spurs. But at the moment, just hold on. Son is what I would say because uh, double gimmick fixture doesn't look that bad, but Fulham Burnley defensively are a great side. Again, they play Palace, who somehow managed to beat uh, Brighton despite having such low XG. That's it was game a twenty-seven. Game. It was absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, it, 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 I, I think the best way to express that game is like I think Ross will understand. And when Chris, if you play four champs and your opponent just scores two goals in two shots. <laughs> You score 15 shots and you score none. That's it was you a feel like it's it was a statistics, wasn't it? Uh, it was yeah, it's absolutely. The game went to that way. And they play Arsenal, Villa. I mean, just hold on to Son and Kane is what I would say for the next few weeks because we yeah. don't know how things are going to turn. Because these, these, both these players are exceptional talents. And even Gareth Bale. I mean, if they start going back in form the way they used to play, then they could be a formidable side. So. Uh, it's like you take them out at their own risk, but at the moment, just hold on to Son. I know you're paying 9.5 and you're just getting two points is something which is not appreciable. But again, he's a premium asset, so you don't know when he's going to go big. But again, I think he's around 50%, right? So it's very difficult for us because players like Grealish, Madison, Barnes, and others, almost half the price, even Ilkay Gundogan, are managing to return in a much consistent manner. You know, it starts to pose more questions regarding these premium assets now. Hmm. Yeah. Something I want to add to that, uh, if I can. Uh, when Bale came on versus West Ham, I think he he allowed uh, Kane and Son to take more, you know, uh, to be in the box more. And he was the one, you know, taking the initiative to create more chances. So I think that's really important because Kane, you, you can see him dropping back a lot to you know, start up the play and, you know, create the attack. But if Kane gets in the box more, I think his uh, output and his goals will increase a lot. So I think that's something to take, to have in mind. And that they have guaranteed minutes because Spurs are really dependent on them. So I think they will be, will be playing at least 80 minutes each game, which is really important. Yeah, we have seen Kane dro- kind of dropping deep in the past um, to s- sort of get things going and then Kane drops deep while uh, Son and maybe Bergwijn on the right go and make runs but um, speaking of uh, Tottenham I mean Burnley play against Tottenham um, uh, also Fulham 
Um, and I know Burnley have had a, a double game week recently, so uh, I think that quite a few FPL managers are still uh, probably got a Burnley defender or maybe Nick Pope uh, at the back there. Um, two of them. Two. <laughs> yeah, but um, considering that Burnley play Tottenham and Leicester, Chris, which is on paper two quite difficult fixtures, um, I mean, would you still play play a Burnley defender in the double? Um, in my situation, I'm a wild card, so I'm removing both uh, Pope and Lawton from my squad because I think their fixtures are not that good, and I wasn't really, really planning to hold them uh, apart from the double in the West Brom game, in which they actually should have conceded a goal. I saw the highlights. Uh, West Brom had a uh, plenty of good chances, which uh, which happened when they were with ten men, which makes me think that the building defense is not as good as it as it seems. It's surely not the the worst, but I think uh, Spurs could have a decent chance against them, and uh, both Son and Kane could uh, have a hole in that game. So keep that in mind. And if someone doesn't hasn't watched the highlights, I think you should, because they were really open in, at the back, and I haven't seen that a lot. Yeah. Um. I th- well. Antonio managed to, to bag himself some points. But um, the thing I would just be concerned about is um, it's very close whether Burnley can potentially keep a clean sheet against those two. And maybe we should quickly ask Aditya, as, as you do own Lotan, will you be starting uh, Lotan in, in the double game week? I think at the moment, if I take a quick look at my current squad, uh, what I've done basically, we just quickly see, uh, he's starting at the moment. So... You know, I might actually use my bench boost at this point. Uh, but, I mean, it's very difficult. He's playing twice, so there's a high chance he might get 4-5 points at the least from both the games. So, Yeah, on paper fixtures, it's difficult. But you may never know, right? They're Burnley. They might somehow manage to keep one of these sides, you know, out by not allowing them to score. So, things, you know, this year things are going very, very different and it's getting very, very difficult for us to predict. So, I might basically not transfer him out at, the, at this point because I'm thinking of getting in Calvert-Lewin. But managers who are basically activating their wildcards, I think they have the leverage and the chance to you know, ship them out. So, there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. For sure. And Chris, uh, not Chris, sorry, Ross, um, moving on to Manchester City. I mean, they've been so brilliant recently. I mean, Apart from the Arsenal game, where it was basically just a snooze fest and uh, a coast to to the end, um, as Sterling scored early. Um, but we did see um, Gundogan coming back, and we also saw Kevin De Bruyne coming back. So, Ross, do you think that potentially Kevin De Bruyne coming back will affect how Gundogan plays and in, in his output um, after it's been so good recently? And also, do you think he'll receive the same minutes that he has done in the past? Uh, good question. So I just from the eye test and, and from hearing the quotes from Pepe and Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne, I can't see it negatively influencing either of them. I think KDB will drop deep and I think he'll continue to create from deep. And I think it's Gundogan who's pushing into the box. And I don't think that will change with if, with the, the inclusion of KDB. I think they can all play. I think as we saw, we can still see Bill, uh, Bernardo Silva and Rodri and Fernandinho and Gundogan and KDB all fitting into the lineup. I think KDB will start in that false nine position. But I think what happens is he'll switch positions with Gundogan quite a lot. So he'll drop deep and Gundogan will push into the box. If anything, I think it probably makes him an even more essential asset to own. Um, that's obviously just my opinion. We, we could see a lot of rotation with the UCL. It depends if, if they wrap up the league quite quickly. It might be that Pep starts to rest his best players in in the Premier League and he pushes for the UCL but I don't see any risk there and I actually think still at this stage Gundogan is, is a more essential asset than KDB and that's not just because of price it's due to the runs KDB will go from playing high up the pitch to dropping deep and I think Gundogan will go from deep to, to pushing and make, making runs into the box So so you wouldn't do you, would you say that KDB is still the same asset to own this season or, or you'd rather go with Gundogan? I, I'd rather go with Gundogan and I don't think he's the same asset to own at, regardless of the the issues he's had with being a clinical finisher this year, which has been strange because in, I think, two of the last four seasons, he's massively outperformed his expected goals. So he seems to be quite clinical, whereas this year he's massively underperforming his expected goals. He seems to be missing everything. I mean, only one goal from open play just doesn't doesn't sound like the, the, the Belgian midfielder that we know. But 
I, I think he previously was playing the role that Gundogan is doing so well this year. And I think Pep's seen that Gundogan plays that just as well. Whereas not a lot of people can do what KDB does, which is drop deep and play in that false nine position. So to answer your question, I think Gundogan is, is a better asset to own than KDB this season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a bit concerning. He was on penalties, so getting a few goals that way um, and certainly providing some assists. But um, yeah, it was against Chelsea where he got his goal from open play. And you're certainly right there. Where he just hasn't been um, really the same and as clinical as before. And um, obviously, uh, looking at your team, you have triple captain Kane and do own Son. So um, we were talking about Tottenham, but um, are you at all concerned with um, perhaps either the Son or, or Kane going forward? Not at all. I, I think it's. I understand the debate that they're not in form and that you'd like to triple captain and captain someone that is is on a, a good run as as they are. But obviously, Tottenham won't continue to play poorly for the rest of their history, right? The, the, the future won't always contain poor performances. At some point, every team will go on a good run, and you have to try and target that. If you want to move up the ranks and you want to finish in the top ten k, you can't wait for teams to start performing well and then jump on because then you're missing those big hauls. So. We've seen it before with Kane and Son. They'll go for a few games looking quiet and then they can easily pull 20 points in a game. And I would rather risk predicting when they're going to turn into good form rather than waiting for them to get a few big hauls and then jumping on. So it's almost pre predicting a turn in form and a turn in, in luck for Tottenham. But I do think it will come sooner rather than later with the quality that they have and with the quality of Mourinho, I can't see them continuing to perform poorly forever. And I think Burnley and Fulham are two fixtures where you could see that swing. And yeah, I don't have any issue with owning them and I'm not looking to transfer them out until at least post game week 29. Yeah, I think that's certainly a, a strong fixture for the the 29. Um, but um, um, Aditya, uh, Ross also owns Watkins, who uh, faces Leeds and Sheffield United in the double. Um, I know Grealish was uh, injured, so perhaps Watkins' output has been uh, sort of not as good without Grealish, but um, if Grealish is back and fit, do you think that perhaps we're overlooking Watkins for the double game week? Definitely not. If Grealish is back, I'm not sure if he's going to be back for this game. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of noise made, right, last time around uh, by Dean Smith saying that the news got leaked and all that stuff. You know what? Uh, I... No, what happened basically on Friday was I was supposed to get in Watkins for Mikhail Antonio. And I think it was Ross who tweeted out saying that there were some rumors here and that Grealish could be out or so, some something. But he very clearly said that he's not sure about it. So I just held on to my transfer. And I was thinking, now what is the next thing that I'm, I'm supposed to do? Because I know for a fact that Grealish is a very, very important player for Aston Villa. And he's one of the key players in terms of creating chances as well as defending and basically... You know, running the entire ship there. But the problem here is, uh, again, the fixtures look good for them. And Aston Villa have been good this season overall. So, what I did was, I had to stay with Antonio. And then I thought, that, okay, fine. If Grealish is out, let me not waste a transfer. Because I knew for a fact that Watkins is definitely going to struggle if Grealish is not there. So, and that's what I thought I was get, getting in Calvert-Lewin. in. So, somehow things are going to work out for this game week. But definitely, if Grealish is in, if he's fit, then Watkins is definitely one to have. But at the moment, I think there's a slim chance of Grealish being fit for the game against Leeds. So I'm not sure. So until we get more news, we have to wait. So that's what I would say. But uh, I honestly don't have a clue with regards to the stats, basically how well they perform in the presence of Grealish and in the absence of Grealish. So I think... Uh, I think big man Bakar is basically going to put out a thread later today or tomorrow with that stat. So I think just keep an eye for that uh, if he puts that out. So yeah, that's what I would like to say at this point. Mm, yeah, for sure. I think um, he's been a he's great, great asset in the past, especially on penalties. You can't deny that either. Um, but yeah, so Chris, next I want to move on to um, Salah. He's currently out of your wild card, if I'm correct in saying that. Um, and a question that we I've seen on on Twitter a bit recently is um, people are trying to bring in Kane and um, would you sort of remove Salah after Liverpool's sort of shocking form recently um, move Salah to Kane or would you still hesitate to uh, to uh, take out the Egyptian king? Mm, that's a really tough question because myself uh, I'm not sure if Salah stays out of my team. 
I've actually done that transfer in order to bring this yell in for someone. Uh, Watkins or Bamford, that's not uh, sorted out yet, I think. I think Kane has uh, a really good double. And then, you know, he plays in 2092, which is really massive for someone who hasn't ha- doesn't have the free hit. So I think for me, it really depends on strategy. And since Liverpool's form uh, allows you to think that Salah could easily, you know, not live up to the expectations once again. I think I think he's he's done that many times this season. At least for me, he's disappointed me many times. And I think uh, if Liverpool's form doesn't really you know spike up, uh, both Chelsea and Sheffield, Sheffield are, aren't the, the 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 really bad team that they were uh, some months ago. And Chelsea have just conceded two goals in the last eight games. So I think that's. Uh, the double the double gimmick of Salah is not as good as it seems, and I can't see him, you know, going crazy. So I think uh, going Kane over Salah is a really good move, and I'd do that personally. And something I'd like to add um, on Aston Villa is that their defensive numbers have been actually really, really bad of lately, which doesn't really, uh, Realish's absence doesn't really, you know, impact that, but. Their stats in defense are really, really bad. And uh, the, I think the Leeds players should be, you know, should, could do really well in that game. So that's something, you know, to add to what we said before, you know, now. It's certainly very really interesting the point that you make about uh, Sheffield United now being uh, a much better, better side and then Chelsea also being pretty solid uh, defensively recently. They managed to keep a clean sheet against Atletico Madrid yesterday. Uh, last night, so yeah, um, really yeah good, I think perhaps you might be right there in saying that actually Salah's double game week is probably not as good as it might look on paper. So, um, and even the fixtures after that, you know, Fulham are really, really decent in defense, and then Wolves, who seem to be better off, you know, against Leeds, they they were really bad at the set pieces, but except that, I didn't, you know, see Leeds creating too many chances, so. Yeah, but I think it's just sort of how long can this form go on for Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jock is back in training. Van Dijk is slowly coming back. He's not going to be back in the near future, but I think you know, the Jock is coming argument. back um, in, yeah. in in the sort of near more near future. So um, perhaps w- with the addition of Jota and maybe you know some harsh words from Klopp, they can turn things around. So what what's your guys' thoughts on Jota returning? Can you, you know, if Liverpool's form doesn't really spike up, can, do you think Jota could cover Salah, you know, for the returns? What do you think about it, Ross? I, I hope so. I mean, that would be absolutely brilliant if we could get... I mean, I would never take Salah out of my team. Uh, I've got a completely different opinion to a lot of people in the community, so Salah will remain firmly in my team for the rest of the season. But I would love to have Jota as a double-up, especially with their, their fixtures towards the back end of the season. I mean, it's just full of greens. If you look at their fixtures, they have Newcastle, Southampton, West Brom, Burnley and Crystal Palace in, in five of their last six games. So I'd love a Jota, Salah and maybe Trent triple up on Liverpool. But um, I would, as always, with with cheaper options in comparison to Premier, I would say that he's an addition to Salah. I, would, I wouldn't want Jota instead of Salah personally. However, we saw towards the back end before Jota got injured that he was outperforming Salah in a lot of the matches. So... For those of you that are on wildcard and you're going without Salah, similar to Chris, then perhaps Jota, you could keep that Liverpool slot open and just hope that Jota returns to form and could do similar to what Gundogan's done because we've seen that Gundogan's now performing out, outperforming KDB. So if you could have Gundogan and, and Jota in for, I mean, that'd be a quarter of the price of, of what you would get with Salah and KDB, yeah. then that could be that could be incredible. You know, for me, the debate is uh, who who am I choosing, Gundogan or Salah? I think that's a real that's the main debate. And you know, choosing Gundogan allows me to get covered Lewin, you know, without uh, changing anything else. And then I have the funds to, you know, for a better bench boost and you know, for to upgrade my defense maybe. And I think that makes me feel more comfortable. But again, Salah could uh, go crazy as he's done when I don't own him many times and that's really you know annoying but you can't really you know predict so i think if you're going on a wild card and especially if someone needs uh some players with a free hit you know for the blank game week and you don't have the free hit i think you know not going for salah until liverpool actually you know show some signs 
of uh, you know comeback. I think that could be a good move. Mm, yeah, well, personally, I know you guys might not believe this saying this, but I do own triple Liverpool at the moment with Mane, Salah, and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, you psycho. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm begging for their form to. to Where's to Bruno, out. man? No, nah, Bruno's gone. Bruno's long gone. I'm I'm not. Yeah, thank you. Just don't get him. Don't get him. He I curse his scores. I curse his scores. As soon as I take him out, he starts scoring, right? I, you can, you yeah, can so don't get him in. Yeah. So, uh, if, yeah. if anybody wants to triple Captain Bruno can do, he might give you 12 13 points because Oli doesn't have it. But <laughs> that's another way to look at things. Every time. But again, but Shota and Gundogan is something which is very different, I would say, because Gundogan plays in a different way for City. Because I think in the last game, City basically played without a striker, and all the three midfielders were just kind of switching their places every every time and then whenever Arsenal had to, right? Pass the ball from the back. They just couldn't realize and find out who who's who's the one who's actually ahead here. Yeah, because at times we could see Gundogan up front. At times we could see Bernardo Silva in there. Because I think Sterling and Mares are playing out wide and they're giving more width. And Kanseu kind of drops in and finally you know kind of joined with both the centre backs behind. So City are playing something very different. And I think at this point having Gundogan over the Bruyne definitely makes sense. I do have Sterling and I think everybody's going to laugh at me, but <laughs> I've just spent so much. I think 11.6 or 5 or something on Sterling, whereas Gundogan actually returned a lot. It's nearly half the price of Sterling. You know but what, Sterling? He played on the middle yeah. for 10 minutes against Arsenal, and I thought he was going to score like three goals in that like, you know, 10 minutes. Mm, it was sure. so That's good. Because they, they just kept on rotating positions, yeah. and there was no fixed striker. So that's what Godzilla did. And I know at the start he did score a header, right? That's because he came inside and he was playing yeah. basically as a striker. He was in the middle. He was really good in, at that position. And I think I, I I thought if if he stayed there, he would have been an actually you know really exciting prospect asset for the next game because he got so much ma- so much more involved in the you know the final uh, shot. Let's say where, where Gundogan is, he was there. So I was really disappointed to see him go back to the sideline. And that's why I'm not keeping him at all. Yeah, and even on Salah, I think over the last four weeks, I think uh, he has the, probably the fourth best expected goals. But you know, at this point of time, Liverpool have to start firing. And I think once Jota is back, that could probably add another dimension to them. And kind of probably, you know, they could probably play in a different manner also. I think Salah could probably play as a striker or something. Because I think Firmino is not able to deliver the best as what he used to do over the last few seasons. So, um, let's wait and see. But as Ross said, even I'm not going to transfer Salah out. I'm just going to keep him here. I think he's a season keeper because you never know how when, when he's going to play. But Liverpool also need to like, you know, get back in form. I think they're more prioritizing the Champions League more. Yeah, so, they could go long way there. Mm. Well, I think Ross, like... Every every player from Liverpool kind of just looks off the pace at the moment. Like when you look at Trent taking free kicks, they sort of sky over the bar. You'd think twelve months ago that's on target, that's going in. Um, they just look lacklustre, really. They not not the same team as, as last season. I know they have had uh, something like seventeen centre back pairings this season, something ridiculous like that. Um, but uh, Henderson's yeah, in it again, so. Um, well, yeah, I guess we'll have we'll have to see if if as you say, Jota coming back makes a big difference. But um, now we do have to talk about the elephant in the room here, which has to be captaincy choice this week. Um, there's so many big uh, good options out there. So um, first of all, Chris, any any first thoughts for for the captaincy? Um, I think we've all seen many, you know, threads and, you know, articles about captaincy already uh, on Twitter. And, you know, many, many players have run through my mind. Uh, Kane or Son, first of all, uh, who I think uh, could, you know, easily be on double-digit holes. All they need is a, a goal or an assist in each game. Like, and to be, to, to, to get a really good, uh, you know, uh, hole. And, you know, I think... Their fixtures are really... It's overthinking uh, if you think that Bailey and Fulham aren't going to concede to Spurs. Because I think, uh, you know, they, they've been rested today, which uh, makes them even more appealing to me. Uh, Bruno, you know, he's consistent, but 
at some point you you just think that he can't shit house points uh, every then you know every time, and he's double again. Chelsea, who are really solid at the back, and Palace, who I think that game is, is the only game that Bruno could actually you know do something. But um, I'm not sure. I don't I don't trust United. Uh, I actually think they might you know even you know lose to to Palace, which is really possible. Um, I'm sorry, Aditya, but I think I think they're really inconsistent. You know? I think you guys might lose to us today for first game. We are we are coming to Stamford Bridge, right? I think could be, could be, lose. yeah. But I don't think it's gonna be a, you know something. You know, like three goals. You, you rightly said we are very unpredictable. Our defense might sleep one day and might play well the other day. So <laughs> that's something which I think I have to honestly agree. And I think Bruno and the others will probably rest it, but I think Kawani, Van der Beek, and the others are still out. Yeah. Not so that's another problem. Yeah, and, and I think Cavani being out makes Bruno not as appealing because I think the other finishers in the their attack aren't as good this season. You know, Marshall has been terrible. Rashford, you know, you know Rashford, he misses a lot of chances. So I'm I'm not sure whether Bruno is actually the you know the, the best option. <clears throat> uh, I mean, even though your rank is gonna fall, yeah, Dan James. Actually, he he might be the you know, one of the best finishers you have. I'm, I'm not even joking. He, he's I think been... he's priced six point two. His ownership is around zero point two, and I think he has he has scored in his last four Premier League games. Some, some I think he's scored out of his last four something three times or some numbers there. So, but at the moment, I don't know how they're going to play. They're probably probably going to play what Fernandez, Greenwood, James, and Martial, Rashford. This is going to mix up things, but. Again, tomorrow's Europa League game should probably give us a better idea. But again, Fernandez is definitely someone. No, oh, yeah, surely. And you know, guys, Gundogan. Gundogan is someone who I, I want to monitor his minutes tonight. If he plays full ninety, I wouldn't be so confident about it. What do you guys think about this, Ross? Maybe. Um, I think there are better options this week, and I'm looking specifically at their opposition. I think West Ham at home and Wolves at home. I mean, I know they perform well at the Etihad, but they're two defences that have kept out some of the best this season. I just think there are better options. And I think even if he was rested fully, didn't play at all in the Champions League, I still would be wary if he was going to play 180 minutes in this double. And I think, I mean, I'm on triple captaincy, so maybe I think I want to be a little bit safer with minutes. But with minutes, with captaincy, I tend to go for someone that I think is going to play 180 minutes in the double. Just because, at the very least, you're going to get have hopefully four points, and you, you'll get a lot more opportunities for them to score. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely monitor the Champions League tonight and the Europa League fixtures tomorrow, but I wouldn't let that completely drive. If you're relying on someone being rested midweek to captain them, it probably means that you're worried that they're a rotation threat. That's that's my personal opinion on it, anyway. Who are you on now? The captaincy. I'm currently triple captain Kane and. I mean, I'm worried. I discussed this on Twitter earlier. So in psychology, there's something known as plan continuation bias. So you you create your initial plan. And this has been my plan since game week, I mean, 15, 16, when we were talking about using bench boost and wildcard. I always said that I'd say my triple captain for Kane, just because I think he's always guaranteed to play 90 minutes if he's fit. He's on penalties. He's explosive. He could score back-to-back hat-tricks quite easily because he's just that sort of player. He's the talisman. He has high goal involvement. I just think every single thing that you'd want in a triple captain, Kane has. There's not a single thing that he's lacking. And I actually look at his stats and he's switched his expected assists and his expected goals around. So since returning from injury, his expected assists have reduced massively. So he's not creating much. And his expected goals have increased. I think he's gone from that false nine position. And and I think he's playing again as, as, a, as a number nine, as a striker. So I can't see myself moving off Harry Kane, but... I've got a firm eye on Calvert-Lewin. I think the opposition of Southampton and West Brom are much, much better than Burnley and Fulham. I think Burnley and Fulham aren't the easiest opposition in the world. I don't think they'll be difficult to break down for Tottenham, but I don't think it'll be as easy as it will be for Everton. So I'm about 70-30 favouring Harry Kane over Calvert-Lewin at the moment. But I think if you don't own Kane or you want an opportunity to really rise up the ranks, I think Calvert-Lewin's a fantastic option. The thing was with Everton, I think they're really in uh, like a weird team. The results are really like with the, the you know the strongest teams are actually managing to pull off results, but with the weaker you know weaker teams, they don't they sometimes struggle a lot, which is really weird with them. You know, I think 
for like for a triple captaincy option, I think you'd, you'd want a a player who is on pants. I think, in my opinion, and you know, he provides that. He has a history of being, you know, a good striker, a good scorer, you know, a talisman. So I think that's what makes Kane better. And in my opinion, he's, you know, the triple captain material player that you would want to ideally uh, play that chip on. So what do you guys, Aditya? Who's your captain for this game? Yeah. Mm. I, I'm at this point. I'm just looking at my screen and just wondering who should really go. Um, I think Son is someone who's definitely tempting me at this point because I know for sure he's going to play both the games. Uh, Fernandez because of his consistency, but again the fixtures: uh, Chelsea, Palace. I don't know how well United are going to really play. Then Sterling, Man City play West Ham and Wolves, but I'm not sure if Sterling is going to really start both the games. He could be benched for one. Uh, Salah, Sheffield, and Chelsea definitely he'll start both the games, but Liverpool. Are not really playing that well at this point, so um, it's a very tricky one for this game week. So at the end, I think I might go with either one of Fernandez or Son. So at the moment, I'm more inclined towards Son, but I might get in Calvert Lewin for Antonio. That's what I I did say earlier, and that's what I've generally planned to do. So so again, there's Calvert Lewin another option who I could possibly look at. So it's one of Fernandez, Son, and Calvert Lewin. These are the three contenders for me. At the moment, for me, I'm thinking of probably using my triple captain chip. I don't think I have a, a better time really to do it this season. So I'm thinking um, flipping a coin. If it lands heads, we go Cavalier and lands tails, go Son. And if it lands on the edge, I'll, I'll put it on Salah. So um, I'm not 100% sure so far, but um, I don't think I'm going to get much of a better opportunity to use it um, this season. Perhaps um, I do. I do kind of potentially like going Salah just to um, go with a bit of a differential it could be could be something that works but um, probably not after his form recently anyway um, but obviously um, uh, there are many many different good options there I mean whether we think that Cavalloon is perhaps the strongest contender or maybe Kane as I said Salah is a, a differential maybe even Gundogan um, or even a, an Aston Villa asset with um, uh, Leeds and uh, was it Sheffield United so um, yeah so Ross we have uh, a couple of questions for you of course um, with your expertise um, and one question from uh, Elgato99 is can you speak about the endowment effect and how to better see decisions rationally when letting go of underperforming assets yeah it was a really good question actually so for those of you that haven't studied psychology um it's actually comes from the field of behavioral economics the endowment effect and it essentially says that we value things more when we own them so in fpl the fact that we own a player makes makes it think they're more valuable and they're more positive than they actually are so in the original study they gave participants a mug before they asked the participants to say how much they thought the mug would be worth so how much would you be willing to pay for the mug mug and for example the participant might have said i'd be willing to pay three pound for the mug they then gave the participant the mug so the participant then owned the mug and then they they then said how much would you be willing to accept for the mug so it's no longer how much would you be willing to pay it's how much would you be willing to accept and they uh, essentially they they doubled the price that they would be willing to pay in how much they would be willing to accept so they would go from being willing to pay three pounds to being willing to accept six or seven pounds what this essentially shows is that once we own something, we see it as more positive and more valuable than perhaps it actually is. And it's actually related to a, a social psychology concept known as the mere ownership effect. So the mere fact that you own something means that you tend to value it more positively. So in FPL, perhaps sometimes we're unwilling to sell and we're unwilling to move on a player because we own them. And we think, well, they're, they're probably more valuable to us because we own them. And I think the perfect example this week and in previous weeks would be Salah. So for those of us that own Salah, we probably see him as significantly more positive than he actually is. We value Salah as really, really brilliant. And he's one of those assets that can always score and he's fully worth the premium price tag. If we didn't own Salah, would we still see him as positive? Is his form as good as we're making out? So for someone like Chris, Chris might not see Salah as positive because he no longer owns Salah. So he's pointing out all the potential negatives with Salah. And I, I think that's essentially the link to FPL. So how to get around that, 
I think was the question, is essentially ask yourself, if I didn't own this player, okay, so with Salah, if I didn't own Salah, would I want to put Salah in my team? And by doing that, you're getting around the endowment effect because you're trying to basically put yourself in someone else's shoes. If I didn't own this player, would I still see them as valuable? Would I still want Salah in my team if I was on a wild card or a free hit? And if the answer is no, if you wouldn't want Salah in your team, then you probably should sell him. And that's how you detach yourself from the emotions and detach yourself from your current team. And that's how you're happy to sell a player. If you wouldn't want to transfer the player in, why are you holding on to that player? And obviously the caveat there is that if you've got money tied up in a player and you think maybe you want them back. So for example, Bruno Fernandes, I've got, I mean, like uh, at least 0.5 million tied up in him. So I wouldn't be hasty to sell him. But if you don't, wouldn't want to transfer a player and if you didn't own them, then why, why would you keep them in? So um, I think that answers the question of how to get around the, the endowment effect. Yeah, it's really important. I think I'm um, getting what you're saying. But with Salah, for me, it's really different this season because uh, he hasn't really come so good for me. I haven't really uh, had a hole for him as a captain. Uh, and even when he does hole, it's not that significant for me. It hasn't been. So I think it's more of a, you know, the fear of you know what he can do when I, I don't I don't own him because he he got those sixteen points off the bench against Palace which I didn't own him for and the West Ham hole and that's why I'm you know I'm on the I'm on the edge about it although I'm probably gonna go without Salah merely because I think I can own more players who I think are gonna do better and it's gonna set me up for a better bench boost which I think uh, is worth it. Uh, in the long run, let's say. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of Salah in a in a FPL season unless he gets injured or something like that. Um, I didn't remove him when he had um, COVID, so I think I'm gonna gonna stick it out with him and hope Liverpool can do some damage against Sheffield United and and Chelsea. But um, uh, yeah, we have a, a couple of other questions. Um, this one is from. Uh, Dr- Drizimo or something, sorry if I've pronounced that wrong, but do we keep Pope uh, and me, or go to Target uh, and keep me and do Pope to Martinez, so he's asking do you do me to Target and Pope to Martinez, or or keep Pope or keep me <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, Aditya if you want to answer that <laughs> me, Pope me, Pope, I chose like some tongue twister but Basically, he just wants to get a double Burnley defense to do a double Aston Villa defense. In short, that's it, right? That's what he's asking. Mm. To be honest, as, as Chris was saying rightly, Aston Villa have been leaky over the last few weeks. And even in the past few episodes, I did say like they were letting in a lot of shots and Martinez was generally saving. And he was racking up save points, bonus points, and sometimes even clean sheets, he would turn into a superhero. But uh, Matt Target is someone, I think he's 4.8 or 4.9, if I'm not wrong. 4.9, so I yeah. think, yeah, so I think I think most of the managers would prefer to get in Konsa, who's 4.6, right? But again, with the absence of Grealish, I don't know how well Target is going to play. And Konsa is someone who is better from set pieces and also is 0.3 cheaper. So if you can downgrade target to Konsa, maybe use the 0.3 else, so it could be better. But maybe Pope to Martinez makes sense. Uh, again, it depends on what chips you basically have and how you're looking at the, uh, the blank game week 29. So it's, it's all based on that because I think uh, Burnley have a blank in 29 as Villa and Villa plays first. So I'm assuming the fact that he doesn't have a free hit. So I think it makes sense if you don't have a free hit and you want to get in two players who will have a double game week now and who also have a fixture in the blank game week 29. So it makes sense in that perspective. I want to point out uh, some stats because I've done my research on Villa uh, for the sake of my article, which is going to be up tomorrow, I think. Um, and I run a comparison over the defensive numbers uh, between game weeks 10 and 18 uh, versus the numbers in since game week 19. So before they, they had five goals conceded, which was the second least. And in, during this uh, game weeks, it's 10, which is the 10th. 
uh, worst. Uh, also, the expected goals conceded has actually taken a, uh, such a hit because uh, it was 8.44, the second best, and it's gone to 19th at 13.42. And I think that just, you know, it shows you how much their defensive, uh, you know, how much not reliable they are at the back. And the only reason they haven't uh, been battered or they haven't conceded more, I think it's Martinez who has been making great saves. But you saw in the West Ham game and the Leicester game that he he can make these ga- these saves, uh, nine saves per game. So I think sooner or later, Villa may, might, you know, they might, you know, concede more. But for the sake of them, the, their fixtures are better uh, until the blank game week. So I think, you know, you can double up or maybe get get a defender uh, if they have a double in 28. But I think Martinez is a, is a good option because of the save points and all. But um, I wouldn't be so confident to double up on the defense. Just that. I think Martinez has been obviously so good all season. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, but um, do we think we have uh, anything else to to cover? I mean, we've got an, another question here that uh, is about Man United. So if maybe uh, Teacher wants to answer or, or Ross can can jump in if you like. Uh, it's about um, Luke Shaw, who I know you greatly admire. Um, Aditya. So he's thinking of, or Helen, sorry, is thinking of doing um, Shaw to Pereira for a minus four. Um, or is Shaw okay for this week and then move for Pereira next week? I think definitely keep Shaw for this game week is what I would say because I think over the last uh, four weeks, if I can quickly take a look, uh, Shaw has created 15 chances. That's the second best. So I'm definitely in no way going to say that get rid of Luke Shaw. Just keep Luke Shaw for this game week and then probably ship him out for Ricardo Pereira if Pereira does really well this game week. I mean, minus four is something which generally makes sense in a double game week, but again, you're, you're supposed to deliver more points, right? Uh, return, which is basically greater than four points, is, is when basically taking a hit actually justifies. So, we probably keep Shaw for this week and then maybe move on to Pereira or some other player if they start to perform well and if we get more information on the fixtures and all. I think Shaw is a really good option. Uh, despite the fixtures, I think he has some, you know, he is really creating many chances. So I think he's not a bad shout. So if you have Shaw, I think you should keep it. And... You know, Perez, his minutes are not, like, guaranteed. I'm, I'm looking to take a punt on him, but his minutes aren't guaranteed, which is a fact, and I want to see if he plays in, you know, the Europa League. But I think if you have Shaw already, uh, I think he could be okay for this game week, and he could, you know, re- do really well. Yeah, he does seem Rusty like a, a, a key player in uh, Man United's... No, no, he seems like a key player in Man United's success and sort of... Yeah. He's almost like this season's Robertson, really, in that left back, dare I say it. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's all the questions from Twitter that we've There's one more we've also, also. Uh, unless I've, I've read it wrong. One for a team. There's someone who's asking if he should uh, triple Captain Kane or bench boost. Ross, it's a picture w- of a team. What do you think is a Kane triple captain or potentially yourself? I, I think I think people, especially I, I made this mistake in game week 19, so I'd like to help people avoid making this mistake themselves. Don't play the chip just because you plan to play the chip and don't play the chip just to get out of the way or because you think you might not get a better opportunity. If your team is perfectly set up for a bench boost or you can get to a really good bench boost with a minus four or a minus eight and it's a really strong bench boost, 100% play it. But I played it in game week 19 for a minus eight and pretty much after that game at 20, 21, 22, and 23, my bench boost performed much better than it did in double game week 19. I think I had 34 points, 23 points, and 15 points left on my bench. So you don't need a double game week, and it doesn't have to be in double game week 26 that you play your bench boost. So don't rush to play your bench boost, and 
If you're not set up for it, don't t- start taking loads of hits to try and get there. And equally, if you're not confident in your triple captaincy choice, you don't have to play it this game week. You can play it in a single game week, or there are going to be at least four or five other small double game weeks. For example, 27, maybe 28, 34. We're thinking there may be one in 37 or 38 as well. So essentially, you don't have to play any chips this week. You can still do very well, as, as Chris did this week with 107 is an incredible score without a chip. So you could equally do that in double game week 26. I think just trust your gut. It's difficult to say without seeing your team. I would say that this is probably one of the better opportunities we'll have to play the triple captainship just because there are multiple premiums that are doubling. They all have pretty good fixtures, especially uh, Man City and Tottenham and also Villa and Everton, if you count those as premiums. And I'm very happy playing the triple captaincy chip this week. Um, But I would just say don't feel like you need to rush it. There will be plenty of other opportunities in the future to play both triple captaincy and bench boost. And I, I can see, I can see the uh, the picture here. And the bench is mostly, you know, it's Dunk, Bamford, uh, Dallas, and Ariola. And I think, you know, it's better to use the triple captain on someone like Kane rather than playing the bench boost with without any really any double gimmick players because you you could do that any week, you know, when you players have a good ben, uh, game. So I think you could even wait for the next doubles to play a bench boost. So I think I agree with Ross here. I think. You know, a triple captain, but you don't need to force it. You know, if you if you want to play it at that point, you should, you know, have to feel feel confident about it, right? Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Maybe perhaps I'm sort of stuck in that situation myself, kind of feeling like when am I going to get a better sort of uh, time to use it? Like I have to use it, but um, we'll see. We'll see how the the sort of week goes and. Um, what what my gut and my head are, are telling me. So um, unless we have anything else that we want to bring up, guys, um, if if you want to discuss anything else, be sure to uh, to speak now. But um, if that's all good from everyone, thank you all very much for listening from us at the Academica Vertex. Um, stay tuned and keep up with us on Twitter at FPL Academica and at the underscore FF Academy. Um, we should be back next week with a podcast. 